Welcome to episode 105 of the Roger Snipes Show. Many of us suffer from physical pain, some form of insomnia, mental health issues, or have problems with relaxing. All this can lead to chronic stress-related illnesses. That's why I use PEMF by Numed. All their devices are medical grade and have double-blinded clinical studies to show its effectiveness. PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Fields. Simply put, PEMF is a form of magnetic therapy using electromagnetic fields generated by copper coils. It targets the body at a cellular level helping with a variety of disorders, diseases, conditions, and injuries through a wide range of applications. It actually helps with brainwave activity to assist with reducing mild depression and anxiety. If you suffer from sciatica, pelvic pain, rheumatoid arthritis, carpal tunnel syndrome, PEMF can help with that also. And lastly, if you want to reach peak performance and maximize your athletic ability, then yes, PEMF can help. Check out NewMed today at newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. That website link again is newmed.co.uk and use coupon code SNIPES5 for 5% off. Achieving your health peak has never been easier. Feeling stressed or want to feel more relaxed in a stressful situation? Well, Apollo Nero helps your body recover from stress so you can sleep better, focus and relax when you need it. It's a wearable device which you strap to your wrist like a watch or you can wear it around your ankle. It works by something called touch therapy, sending your body soothing vibrations, speaking to your nervous system, telling you you are in a safe environment. Now, this has been developed by neuroscientists and physicians, and it's non-invasive. If you're about to go to a meeting and you're feeling a bit nervous, you can strap on the Nero to prime you for the meeting. If you have finished a training session and you need your body to wind down and recover, the Apollo Nero would come in very handy for that also. I personally let my six-year-old daughter use it just before she goes to school to prime her body for learning and before bed in the evening as she winds down and gets ready for sleep. To get your hands on one of these Apollo Nero devices, just visit Apollo Nero, which is spelled O-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. ApolloNero.com and use code SNIPES10 for 10% off. It's time to get to know a more calmer, more mindful you. Yo, what's going on, peeps? So today... Today, wow, today's going to be a very interesting podcast because it's something which I think about on a regular basis as, yeah, as days go by. Every day I breathe, 
I think about it. Um, most decisions I make when it comes to food is linked to this very thing, and that is longevity. Uh, my guest today goes by the name of Sergey Young, who is a longevity investor. He is the founder of the 100 million longevity vision fund, one of the few funds specializing exclusively in longevity and helping to accelerate longevity breakthroughs, which is pretty interesting. Now, I've had many people who discuss about longevity, but this one is very different. Um, part of Sergey's mission is to make longevity affordable and accessible to everyone, because as you know, a lot of the health and biohacking protocols today are not cheap. They're not cheap at all. Like if you go to the shop and you want to buy good food, you have to pay a premium. You know that organic stuff doesn't come cheap. Uh, the grass-fed, <laughs> grass-finished beef comes at a premium too. Um, things like NMN, which, again, another expensive price attached to it. Um, yeah, so generic stuff is super cheap, but the things which you know is good for you is very expensive. And it's uh, his mission to make it accessible to everyone, which is cool. Now, Sergey is the author of the science and technology of growing young. And this is what we spend a lot of our time uh, dissecting. We cover things like uh, centurions of the future. How do we create more? How do we create more centurions? Oh, sorry, centenarians. Um, what is genetic engineering and what is genetic editing and how can this be the future of health we d discuss um a lot <laughs> we discuss a lot and it could have stretched even further but you know for the sake of the listeners i had to cut it short and i think he probably needed to get going as well <laughs> Now, when I read Sergey's book, I felt the general consen consensus of the book was breaking it down on how man and machine may become one someday. Um, from wearables to implantables, if that's even a word, but let me just throw that in there. <laughs> it's pretty wild stuff, but it really makes you think. It, ma it makes you question where is our future heading? You know, we've seen lots of things happen over the years. Um, lots of changes from, um, you know, to simple cars to cars which are um, it's voice activated. You know, cars which don't need a key anymore. And now we have electrical cars. I'm sure we're going to have some sort of hovercrafts. Um, obviously, this is uh, diverting slightly, but it's, it's just to give you an idea on how advanced technology is and where it is going. I think this podcast is very exciting with lots of pro profound futuristic ideas. I hope you like it. Let's bring on 
Sergey Young. So, Sergey, how are you doing, my friend? Hi, Roger. Hi, everyone. I'm super happy. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yes, yes. What time is it where you are? And where are you, by the way? Yeah, so I just made it back from London to Moscow, literally for two days, to take care of my mom. And I'm going to Boston over a weekend. Okay. Wow, busy. So it's 1 p.m. Okay. All right. Nice. Nice. So it's uh, 11, uh, 12 minutes past 11 here in UK. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's uh, 12 minutes past 1 p.m. here in Moscow. Cool. <laughs> Is it cold there? Uh, not, not, not really. Okay. Because that's all I hear about Moscow. You know, it's uh, normally... Yeah, look, we, I mean... Like, world is so complex. We all need to have our own stereotypes. Well, this is survive, right, and succeed. Sometimes stereotyping is great. Sometimes it goes against the reality, but that's okay. It's still a pretty efficient way to discover and think about the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly, exactly. So um, talking about... Um, how we envision the world. Um, you've got a very broad mind, I must say. Um, I came across your book, and uh, this is one of the things that enticed me to reach out to you because, like, I know bits and pieces about longevity, and it's quite exciting for me to know about the, the basic stuff about, uh, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, eating well, perhaps a bit of understanding a little bit about ancestral living, the odd biohack. Uh, but what I see from your book is very, very different, uh, very heavily outlines the possibility where uh, human and machine could possibly live as one, uh, making us <laughs> I don't know, some sort of cyborg or symbiote. It's, it's, it's profound stuff. Um, how did you come to, to put, piece this book together? It's, it's amazing. Um, I don't even know where to start. Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned in the start of your journey, um, you as a, you're, you're a chemical engineer, is that right? Yes, yes. So uh, chemical engineering is the first degree, then you know, banking and finance is the second one. I've, I also done business administration. But for the last 20 years, I've just been investing into, into the space. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Um, so it, it's kind of, uh, you fell into it by accident, I understand. Uh, yeah, so like, uh, well, let's discuss this a little bit, uh, Roger. So like, the story of so many people whom I know who started to develop their own interest in health and longevity started with a personal crisis. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, your story is a story, you know, how you develop yourself through the, you know, personal crisis on so many dimensions. So do mine, right? I, I came from very uh, small city, um, 
in the far, far east of Russia, it's actually, it's, it was closer to Japan across the sea rather than to regional center. This is how far it was. And, um, but like fast forward uh, to when I was 43, I'm 49 today. The whole story Nine. of, yeah, 49, yes. Oh my I God, yeah. wow, I thought we was roughly about the same age. <laughs> okay, okay. How old are you, Roger? I'm 42. Oh, really? Okay. So when I was 43, uh, I went to doctor and, and his question was like, well, Sergey, when was the last time you've done a blood test? And I was like, well, it was a few years ago. I was so busy with my career, taking care of my parents or my family, etc. And so I've, I've discovered I have very high cholesterol level. Well, later on, I discovered I'm just gen genetically predisposed to have high cholesterol level. But the choice was, um, he said, well, Sergey, you need to take these drugs. And I said, this is great. That's okay. Is it for just one month? And he said, no, no, no. Uh, this is special class of drugs. They, they lower your cholesterol. You would need to take them like every day for the rest of your life. And I was like, oh my God. And I, and I was not really uh, keen to do something like just to live on medication for another 40 years until I die. At this time, I thought I'm going to be living just another 40 years. <laughs> not now. Now, now I'm, I'm more optimistic. So, and I said like, tell me what is the alternative? And he said, well, everyone knows what to do. Like, you know, physical activity, changing your diet, supplementation, and that's it. And you're going to achieve almost the same result. And I was really shocked. I couldn't really believe my ears that uh, it's just simple uh, uh, number of steps that I can take can actually replace medication. So I started to experiment with my health. In the course of six months, I increased my cholesterol level. I've done a lot of um, uh, changes in my diet. I, I, I was swimming like every day in a swimming pool. And, uh, and I felt so energized, so changed. Right. And I thought, okay, if I can do it, so many people can do it as well. So I started to like push all of my friends to do the same. And uh, this is where I, yeah, one of the things that I, that are important today for our health is in addition to all these lifestyle changes, uh, only dimensions that you know, like diet, physical activity, mindfulness, meditation, um, etc. is just early diagnostic. So like just making sure like every, at least every year you do a comprehensive medical checkup, medical screening is super important. And so my story, like it's all started with my personal health crisis where I developed the interest into like health and longevity or lifestyle changes. Um, then I, I pushed a lot of people to do their medical screening. Some of them discovered early stage cancer, but because it was early stage, they fully recovered. Right. So right now we're living in a world where early stage cancer, if, 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 if this is if you discover this early stage, your recovery rates can be up to 90 or even 100 percent. And quality of your life is, is still going to be the same. So they call me back and like, Sergey, you saved my life. Wow. And I felt so great. You know, I thought, OK, well, this is my purpose. God didn't give me the passion before I turned 43. 
Mm. So I thought, okay, well, I can, I can, well, I can do it like for the rest of my life, how I can support this whole space, how I can help people to be healthier and happier version of themselves. So I set up the fund because I've been investing for last 20 years all over the place. And um, I thought, okay, I'll just do the, the relatively small fund to support scientists and entrepreneurs who are working on development of different health and, and longevity technologies. Well, here we are. We it's it's already fourth year of operation of Longevity Vision Fund. We invested in 18 companies. But what is more important, every year we're looking at 200 companies. And this is really unique. Like no one in the world is looking at this field you know, on, on everyday basis. And I met so many great scientists, so many great entrepreneurs. I, I find so many breakthroughs that are now in development in terms of life extension and, and health span uh, extension. Uh, so I thought I just need to share it in a book. So it was three years journey, 50 interviews, again, uh, number of like hundreds of companies that we look at. And I compile a book about different horizons. There is something you can do today, combination of lifestyle and early diagnostic and a little bit of wearables, yeah? Mm. Uh, so this will give you an opportunity to live to at least 100 uh, healthy and happy years, unless you're genetically unlucky. Um, and let's discuss today the role of genetics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For our health and longevity. Like, we all can live to 100 to 100 years. And um, um, and that's, that's important. But again, then 5, 10, 15 years from now, there's something what I call the near horizon of longevity innovations. So, and, and these are all technologies which will be widely available within this time frame. And I'm talking about gene editing and gene therapy, organ regeneration, our ability to replace organs inside our body, and longevity in appeal. Like uh, some of the things that you know, like metformin, rapamycin, or it can be, we still need to test the substances in terms of longevity effect, but it can easily be drug developed by artificial intelligence. Yeah, in 10 years from now. And then again, so th this will help us to break the sound barrier of 122 years, to break the maximum lifespan that we've seen on Earth. What is, um, what's, what's the current average lifespan on Earth, would you say? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's somewhere between 75 and 80 years. Right, and uh, what would... what? What would you say uh, is some of the science uh, which you're working on to ensure more uh, centenarians uh, yeah, of the most, future? <laughs> yeah, so um, it, that's a great question. So what we've done in the last 100 years, we increased the average lifespan on Earth from 35, 40 years to 75, 80 years. So we already doubled our average lifespan. And this is great. Like mm -hmm. this is thanks to just a lot of people and a lot of inventions, um, uh, uh, technology, sanitation, science, uh, medical advancements as well. So, uh, well, this is great. While we were increasing the average lifespan, the maximum lifespan always stayed the same. It was always somewhere around 120 years. So it seemed to me that we have this genetic kind of clocks inside our body, which would you know, make sure your body will not survive outside 120 years. So we do have more centenarians on Earth right. every year. Yeah. So the number of them is growing uh, at really um, uh, high pace. But um, I do think 
centenarians are important examples for us oh about the importance of genetics right so like my very good friend uh professor from new york near barzillai who is actually um organizing the study to to test metformin as a longevity drug not not as diabetes drug but longevity drug right. uh, together with american federation of aging research um he's done a study of centenarians and um he actually found out that um, in 60 to 70% of cases, uh, the fact that they are uh, centenarians and, and they were living longer, it's due certain genetic uh, uh, structure, uh, genetic choice, genetic makeup uh, that they have within their DNA. So we already know all 3000 genes which are responsible for our longevity and healthy living. All we need is, is to have the technology to influence that and have regulation and human ethics uh, right. approving that. Yeah, this is very important as well. Are you suggesting that, that uh, some sort of regulation that we can give others that type of genetics through? Yeah, so basically what is happening, again, like what we can do today is just early diagnostic and lifestyle, okay? Yeah. But a lot of things are coming on the horizon. And, and some of them is our ability to change our genetic setup. It's called genomic medicine. It's gene editing. And, and you probably heard about CRISPR. This is basically your genetic scissors. Mm -hmm. And in addition to CRISPR, we have a number of different technologies in gene editing space. Some of them, they really can cut a you know, portion of DNA and replace it with other genes. Some of them just help switch on, switch off our genes, right? And what's the yes. benefit of switch on and switch off? Is that for like to prevent cancer and stuff? Or yeah, yeah, like sometimes you just, you don't need to take like a gene from your DNA, right? right. You, just, you just want to make sure that it doesn't really uh, manifest itself in the body, just, uh, you know, by different uh, scientific means. That's basically it. And then, so think about this, like what are the ways that we can use gene editing for our benefits, right? Number one, we can influence child, uh, child's health, right? Some of the people were born with rare genetic diseases. And there's, 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 there's a category of diseases um, which is used for regulation to, to speed up the approval of the drugs and medical interventions called rare diseases. While we call them rare, they're not that rare. There are 400 million people on earth suffering from that, right? So like, like number one, we can you know, basically you know, modify the DNA either on the parent level or during the pregnancy or upon birth to help kids not to suffer from genetic diseases. So that's, that's kind of one, right? This is on infant level. Um, we can help people who are suffering or like adults who are suffering from that. On genetic level, we can also influence our age-related diseases, whether it's diabetes, uh, cancer, heart disease, uh, neurogenerative diseases as well. So that's that's the opportunity as well. Did you say that's age-related? So 90% so, um, of deaths after age of 50 are happening, what we call, uh, due to age-related diseases. And therefore, as I call them, killer monster diseases. Uh, mm -hmm. Cancer, heart disease, uh, diabetes, and neurogenerative disease like dementia. Yeah. Okay. Ninety percent of that, and 
and uh, and this is why aging is bad uh, in in terms of our health. With the like when aging process starts inside your body, usually anywhere between forty and 40, forty-five years. There's there's many theories when aging starts, and in some of the um, uh, like academic groups, people you know, think the aging starts from your day one on the planet. Nevertheless, like the aging starts like massively starts somewhere around 40 or 45 years when we've done with our reproductive agenda on earth and we took care of the next generation. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they reach the reproductive age. So that's, that's how mother nature constructed that. Right. And this is why aging starts. So starting from, uh, when we start to age like 40 or 45 years old, the probability of you getting this age-related disease, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, um, neurogenerative disease, increase exponentially year by year. Mm. So we can use genetic and gene therapy to fight that. Then what else? If we know all 3,000 genes, which are working properly uh, in centenarians and are responsible for our longevity, and even for aging uh, inside our body, we can influence these genes, right? So for example, like in the long-term future, you will be able to pick up your target age, whether you want to live in in in, uh, in, the, in the 25 years old body and, and mine or 35 or 40, like it's really up to you. We can reverse aging on genetic level. You know, obviously this is just, uh, the, right now we are in the beginning of, getting scientific discoveries and technological breakthroughs in this area. But, you know, time flies really fast. So who knows, like in 10, 20 years from now, it might easily be available. And it is available today, like gene therapy. Yeah. So I mRNA, get- yeah, mRNA vaccine uh, and like Moderna and, you know, some other vaccines, uh, COVID vaccines are the outcome. They've been developed with the use of gene therapy. Yeah, yeah. And this is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's it's totally incredible. I mean, we are on the beginning of that with many of the biohacks which we have um, to, I guess, help to deal with like um, DNA damage which we might have, and um, I don't know things like what have we got? We've got oxygen hyperbaric, uh, hyperbaric therapy, yeah. red light yeah. and um, cryotherapy yeah. and yeah. Uh, stem cell treatments. And there's loads, there's loads, there's loads. But w- what I find is a lot of the things which can help for longevity, including uh, some some supplements like uh, NMN, um, they, they come at a price. Yeah. Uh, which not everybody can. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for those who are uh, listening to this and not watching the video, um, Sergey just showed his NMN. <laughs> <laughs> what, what brand is that? I might have to check that yeah, out. It's actually, yeah, it's Alive by Nature. Um, I, I ordered this in the US. What I like about this whole thing is it's sublingual. Okay. So it actually, it's dissolved inside your mouth. I do believe this. It's associated with high absorption rates. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of like it. It's just like, you know, four pieces I take every morning. Uh, it's kind of cool. 
Awesome, awesome. That is, is that what keeps your youthful face? Can't believe it when you said 49. I was like, no way. I thought it was like, yeah, I thought well, the only difference is, okay, maybe your hair shows a bit more as gray. Yeah. I shaved my head, but I do have a lot of gray. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, look, I, I think the beauty of being in a world of longevity or whether it's longevity investing or biohacking or health, um, you need to look like a young person. You know, otherwise, like, who would believe you, you're actually working on longevity investments or longevity technology? So that's, uh, that's a positive uh, side effect of my profession and my passion. Yes, yes. So with all this great stuff which you do and a lot of the, let's say, biohacks that are available, um, you know, I'm pretty blessed that I can use a lot of this stuff. However, many can't afford it. You know, some of the treatments that you speak of for the future, will that be mainly for those who are in a financially better position or would that be available for others? Yeah, so um, my mission and the mission of our fund is to bring affordable and accessible version of longevity to the world, right? I'm not interested to develop something which then would be like offered at $1 million a treatment and we'll have only a handful of people on the planet. So um, how do we do that? Um, first of all, uh, we invest a lot in prevention. And prevention is 10, 20 times cheaper rather than responding. It's okay. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. So um, let me just start from uh, affordability and accessibility aspect, right? So my mission and mission of Longevity Vision Fund is to work and deliver affordable and accessible version of longevity to the world and digital health. So how do we do that? Um, well, first of all, it is about prevention. So preventing something is 10, 20 times cheaper Wow. And uh, responding to the disease when it manifests itself already in a big way. So that's already just huge efficiency gain that you have. And then, well, that's why uh, I'm delighted to report to all of you that almost every technology or, or intervention that we're investing in through Longevity Vision Fund, um, the, the efficiency gain from it is, is improvement by 10, 20, 50, not percent times against the current practice. And that's amazing. Whether we're talking about early cancer diagnostic company like Freenome, which use our blood test to identify to, to, with, with the help of artificial intelligence to identify whether we have a risk or early stage uh, colon cancer, mm. or it's affordable ultrasound devices which cost uh, 50 times less than ultrasound device in a hospital next door, five zero. Or it's liver regeneration technology where we use um, certain, you know, we, when like company called like Genesis that we invested, they're based in Pittsburgh, then they take donor liver, they split it in 50 to 75 pieces. They put it in a lymph node inside human body. And then, in the course of three to six months, the body kind of helps to grow uh, another liver inside human body, and which supports the function of the liver, which is currently not working properly. So that's again, 
uh, it's going to be at least 10, 20 times cheaper than typical uh, liver transplantation surgery. Like in US, as far as I recall, it's $800,000 for liver transplantation. Just a lot. And people wait for donor, for donor organs. There are 117,000 people in US only on the waiting list for donor uh, transportation. What sort of people can afford? How much you say? 800,000? Yeah, yeah, it's just- like, How do you really come up with that number? Yeah, it's, uh, so therefore, um, everything we invest in should have a capacity and ability to like democratize this part of, uh, you know, um, medical, you know, intervention or practice, uh, etc. So I do believe that we moving from very kind of old style, conservative, a very reactive, like symptomatic driven version of medicine to the new version of medicine, which is preventive. Prevention is cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, well, the other good news about prevention is like the quality of your life is sustained. You're not going through something radical uh, and, and lose the quality of your life. So which is preventive, um, personalized, we, you know, data and variables and the current state of development of technology give us a huge opportunity to personalize um, this um, uh, medicine. It's data-driven, it's technology-based. And, and this is what you know, will make healthcare much, much cheaper and more and more efficient. And this is what we're gonna see in the next five, 10, 15 years. A lot, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, much better diagnostics than what what is um, currently uh, happening. You'd mentioned in your book about something called uh, CAR T cell therapy. Is that right? CAR T cell therapy. Yeah. yeah. Um, and um, is that something that is happening right now? Because this was uh, totally new to me. Um, yeah. Um, so obviously, there there are a number of. Um, number of technologies which are currently in development um which and all of them are part of genomic medicine so like people talk about crispr this this genetic scissors but you've seen a movie about them (laughs) oh really yeah so like but as we discussed there are a number of technologies in development which will give us the same yeah like the opportunity to have the same impact right you can switch on, you can switch off uh, some of the genes, or um, you can basically take uh, like immune cells from the patients and genetically engineer them and put it back to the patient. And then, so then he or she has much more improved ability to fight cancer. This is how CAR T therapy works, right? That sounds uh, but, incredible. Yeah. Mm. It is, yeah, it is like, but I, I do think what is important is to understand in all of this coming, all of this will be widely available in the next five, 10, 15 years. And it's our job today to stay on longevity bridge, to make sure we are in a healthy and happy state. Then in, in 10 years time, when you know, all of this will be available, um, we can, our body and our mind is actually worth extending its resource yeah yeah Yeah. that's 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 our job and like people think okay well that's great sergey promised it's going to be different in 10 20 years from now i'll just sit and wait you should not uh, take care well it's time to take back control and responsibility for our own health yeah absolutely a lot of people it's like uh 
a lot of people right now is relying on um, almost like a, a vaccination to help improve their health. Um, it's like, okay, like, okay, it might help to prevent um, you having, um, uh, a, how can I put it? A severe case. Yeah. But you, you still have a responsibility of taking care of your body, like strengthening your immune system, <laughs> you know? I agree. Um, I agree. Like we delegated all our health choices to other parties and to other people. Mm -hmm. This is just amazing. Like it's always amazed me. Like, you know, big food, big pharma, government, hospitals, uh, insurance companies. And we were like, where, where is our voice here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not suggesting you need to make your own kind of diagnostic and, and, kinda, and prescribe yourself, uh, you know, the medication. But like, you just need to be knowledgeable and curious enough just to like dig into that. And uh, in some of the cases, there are so many changes that you can make on lifestyle basis, like eating healthy food, uh, doing physical exercise, you know, meditating, sleeping well. It's just, it's really amazing way to manage your health, right? And with help of, you know, from a healthcare system, like in terms of um, uh, medical screening, health screening on a regular basis. Well, this is great setup. You don't need to wait for another, you know, five, 10, 15 years. I, I, I think that is not something that is, how do I put it? It's, it's not something that is, I don't know, you don't get a letter from your doctor saying, you know, you're due a checkup. You get it from your dentist, yeah. you know, uh, for repeat business. Yeah, you're, you know, you haven't been here for a while, maybe your eyes. Um, yeah, need, you know, little checkup on your eyes, make sure that you're not blind. Um, but I don't get any letter from my doctor to say, hey, yeah. come in, we need to check and make sure that everything's okay. People tend yeah, yeah. to go on moment. You know, I agree. Know. And things are changing, right? Right now, I, I think it's our obligation to kind of see doctors and to say, guys, like we are, uh, what I can do to check and prevent mm -hmm. cancer, heart disease, diabetes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is the, what you mentioned in your book about the, the, some myths of uh, longevity. Yeah. Um, do you, do you remember them? There's like three myths or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. Um, so um, number of like misconception, if I can use this word that yeah. we have about longevity. So one is it is, um, um, well, living longer. Uh, it means like spending more time in the old age. So people think when I, when I talk about life extension, like lifespan extension or health span extension, people think that we're going to have another like 10 years in the end of their life when they are in a very fragile state and, and need a lot of support, when they are becoming a liability, not an asset for the family, for community, for society. And this is bad. It's not the case. We, we're working on, on extending the healthy and happy portion of uh, human, uh, sorry, uh, human life. Uh, so that's, that's kind of important as well. Um, well, second, people have always concerned uh, if Mother Earth will be able to handle, you know, all these 
uh, you know, population on Earth. We, we have eight, almost 8 billion people on the planet today. So what if everyone will be living longer? Like what will happen with world population? Will we have enough food, enough energy, enough space to accommodate all these people? And this is a very interesting question. So like I'm not concerned about energy because renewable energy resources uh, uh, fundamentally changed um, the landscape of um, energy market. I'm not concerned about food because like 45% of food it goes to waste, at least in the U.S., every night from supermarkets, restaurants, and uh, from households, 45%. Imagine like how many people we can actually you know, support with, with this food. Uh, so that's just a lot of inefficiency that we need to fix in terms of food distribution system, right? Um, what else? And in terms of overpopulation, uh, with exception of African continent, all over the world, we have extremely low reproduction rate. Like for average uh, couple or for average female, uh, the reproduction rate is 1.3, 1.5. While it, this is kids per family or per, per couple or per female. So uh, like it needs to be at least 2.1. So that what will happen if you look at the studies, what will happen? Uh, population of earth will continue to grow by 2050 and by 2050 it will uh, peak at anywhere between 10 and 11 billion people and then after that uh, it will decline down to 8 billion again like china will lose 600 million people if they will not respond to this demographic challenge from 1.4 billion to 800 million and same will happen everywhere again with exception of uh, some african countries where reproductive uh, rates are still pretty high. So it's not like we just, we need to sit on the planet and we'll just, and the population will increase all the time. We would need to respond to this in demographic terms and, and longevity and healthy longevity is the way to respond to that. That's, uh, that's important as well. Um, and the third one, uh, yeah, myth number three is uh, that life extension is impossible. And uh, obviously, I couldn't you know, walk you today through the whole book, but uh, you'll see that a like, number of technologies which would just fundamentally change our ability to manage our health, manage our age and longevity as well. Again, we know 3,000 genes which are responsible for uh, longer living and healthier living. We can influence them. And uh, like 20, 30 years ago, gene therapy, sorry, gene editing, um, was available only to a handful of people. And they had nothing to lose on, in, in, on this planet. They were genetically uh, severely uh, ill. So right now, I look at like Moderna. I was just reading the article about Moderna, development of Moderna vaccine. Uh, and it starts with Moderna vaccine has been developed in the course of two days. Can you imagine that? Well, they obviously put a lot of work, like decades of hard work to make it possible. But like in the end of the day, once we sequence genome of the virus of COVID, they've been able, they've been able to develop vaccine that fast. And so that, that, this, you know, that's what's going to happen. Or think about old car. Like what is the way for us to extend the resource of the old car? We're replacing parts. 
You can mm. even replace an engine there. So um, what is happening? Like, and the same thing will apply to human body. We will be able to replace uh, our organs. And, you know, all of these technologies that I explained today, like this liver regeneration technologies, when we use our lymph nodes to regrow liver, and by the way, help 50 to 75 patients, not one from one donor liver, uh, or 3D bioprinting of organs. It's going to be just another way to, um, or another technology for us to um, extend our uh, healthy lifespan. And I can go on and on, like, you know, every decade in terms of the forecast and, and vision for the future will bring us uh, different technologies like human brain AI integration or brain computer integration. What is done by Elon Musk today in a company called Neuralink. Uh, this is amazing. We can help a lot of people with dementia to enjoy their last years on earth. Yeah. So do you think, do you see dementia as a thing of being the past, a thing of the past where we'll be sitting down like? Uh, no, so, so remember this three, like four killer monsters that yeah, I explained, like cancer, heart disease, diabetes, and neurogenerative diseases. So we've been dealing with cancer, heart disease, and even diabetes for some time. Because like you know, peak in terms of like cancer or heart disease, the peak is anywhere between like 55, 65 and probably 75 years. So that's, that's, that's the length of your life when you face this kind of problem, this barrier. Mm-hmm. Neurogenerative disease usually comes at later stage. Yeah, when you, when you, you know, go towards your 80s or 90s. And, and this is pretty unique. We, we haven't had a lot of people in this age category on earth for some times until recently. That's why there were no signs, right? There were no technology working on solving neurogenerative diseases. Like if you compare it to like fighting cancer or fighting heart disease or strokes, right? So we just in the beginning of understanding like what kind of disease is that? Like where it starts, how we can prevent this, how we can treat this as well. So we, we even, we don't know what we don't know about neurogenerative disease. This, uh, and this is one of the you know, biggest challenges for quite a few decades uh, going forward. Okay. 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 What's your thoughts on uh, genetically modified food? I mean, many people um, talk about regenerative agricultural farming however it seems as though you i guess maybe glorify the idea of gmos <laughs> um yeah give me your thoughts <laughs> yeah, so look this is not my um area of expertise okay but um what i can tell you is um the whole food system need to be rethought and um um redesigned and it's always start with like, do we need to consume uh, as much meat and fish that we consume today? Our diet, like through the whole history of evolution, our diet was not so rich in terms of the animal protein, right? I'm not vegetarian, I'm not um, vegan, uh, but I decreased consumption of uh, meat and fish quite substantially in the last five years of my life. So I'm like heavily plant-based. And one of the drivers for us of changing the food system and becoming healthier 
is integrating more plant-based food in our diet. So that automatically means that we'll have less focus on uh, um, producing uh, industrial meat and fish. Like two thirds of the crops that we produce today, they're not for humans. They are for you know, animals. Like why would we need so many animals on that if we, if we structurally can change our diet to the healthier balance between animal protein and whatever we can derive from plants? So like when people tell me like, well, Sergey, what if I couldn't really afford you know, all of these beautiful changes like you know, supplements like, or medical screening? as well. And uh, I actually drew my aspiration from Adrian Gore, uh, the man who founded uh, Vitality and Vitality UK. Um, and he's from South Africa. Like they've been developing uh, their system of helping people to live healthier in South Africa, where like people has had um, been in very poor conditions. And um, I had no access of resources to invest in their health. Like he was telling me for my book, like Sergey, like the only option that we had available is just to help people live healthy, help people live healthier version of their life. That's it. So yeah, like there's so many things that you can uh, uh, you can do today in this regards and and um, enriching your diet with uh, and heavily focusing on vegetables was like one of the best uh, biohacking. Uh, Hacks that uh, I can give to people like uh, vegetables are cheaper, then they are more uh, kind of useful and friendly to our body. And uh, vegetables, uh, uh, they don't require antibiotics, growth hormones, and equally bacteria like uh, things which are now in our meat and industrial fish. So that's, uh, that's important. Quickly, I mean, there's, there's so many different viewpoints on that you know it, it can be a very long debate and sometimes i'm like do you know what i wish i didn't have to eat like it's just there's too much information out there i'm like i don't like any of it um so there's 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 those who say if you eat grass-fed meat then you know you don't need to have a concern of um any hormones or um uh you know, antibiotics, it, it, yeah, antibiotics as well. And then, you know, you, you have some people who are very anti-plants <laughs> and they're like, you know, plants have their own toxins in them yeah. Yeah. and we shouldn't be eating them. Um, there's, there's some which have, uh, there's oxalates, there's, you know, lectins and there's a whole range of yeah. plant poisons. Yeah. yeah. And some people believe we should just eat animals because the animals consume it and we can consume it through the animals and, and that sort of thing. But it's trying to find that middle ground. What, what works for you? It's, uh, it's so tough. And even, even when you talk of plants, unless you eat organic, then it's going to be sprayed with glyphosate. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you're faced with another issue there. And you can't just wash off glyphosate, I've been told, you know? So it's like... Yeah, that's true. Like, it's, it's, it's become pretty confusing. But, like, I think with plants, um, it's, um, it's definitely less damaging for our body. Like, current you know, industrial practices for 
producing the plants or vegetables. It's less dangerous for human body than what is done today in some of the developed nations uh, in terms of industrial meat. Like um, um, 70% of antibiotics uh, in US are consumed by animals like fish and animals on the farms, not by humans, right? So that's, that's a huge issue. One of my goals is to sleep like a baby and feel like a champion during the day. One of the hacks that I have to do this is red light therapy. Now, red light therapy is amazing. It helps with muscle size, strength, endurance, speed, cognitive ability, soreness, reduce fatigue, muscle recovery, increase range of motion in the joints, knee pain, rheumatoid arthritis, increase melatonin, boost production of endogenous anti-inflammatories, increase energy, boost collagen. And that's not even the end of it. I use the Advantage 1500 by Red Light Rising and I feel like a superhero on a mission during the day and a bear on hibernation <laughs> in the evening. If you're looking to boost your overall health, then get yourself a red light therapy panel by visiting www.redlightrising.co.uk and use code SNIPES for 5% off. But I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's very difficult to find the kind of right balance there. But what I know is, should be, I know it's, it should be a balance, right? You couldn't really like, eliminate you know, some of the things and just live on one other thing like you know fat is bad uh animal protein is bad plants are bad so like it's just mutually contradicting you know all yeah. the time always always what can you tell us about resveratrol i've heard that it's uh it's very beneficial for those uh who are looking for longevity i've also heard lots of people say they they have red wine because it's rich in uh, resveratrol. Yeah, so right. mm, please. Yeah, so um, resveratrol is a substance that uh, we have uh, in Mother Nature, and uh, and especially in some of the grape types like Pinot Noir, um, and it's believed to be. And and this is one of the hypotheses that we had in the science is to mimic the effect of caloric restriction. So uh, there's a lot of disagreement in academic community and in society, what actually extends your lifespan and health span. But there's one agreement, like decreasing your caloric intake, like consuming 15 to 25% less calories a day would actually add another two, three, five years to your life. So, um, and for many years, uh, scientists has been watching and, and looking for the substance which will help you not to kind of do fasting or like decrease your food intake, but like what if we can find the chemical, hopefully from mother nature, which will help us to like mimic this you know, caloric restriction. Yeah. So it has been found in, um, in wine and uh, what I can say, I haven't seen a lot of studies confirming the positive effect of it, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's one. Second, like, if you would like to receive, to receive resveratrol through consumption of red wine, 
Uh, I have this figure in the book. Uh, I think it's at least three or four liters of wine that you would need to like drink every uh, evening <laughs> during the day. It's just a lot, okay? Yeah, uh, yeah. So like, and it's like, and after like one or maximum like two glasses of wine per occasion, not every day, mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, it starts to work against you right it's it's alcohol it's a poison right a little bit of the poison can make you stronger can generate and provide this kind of small shock your body to respond and become stronger but like after one or two glasses of red wine it's it's literally going against you in terms of your health trajectory so like it's just really impossible to like get it with a wine in statistical terms um so and i haven't found a lot of evidence of uh, resveratrol uh really helping or making significant or meaningful effect on our longevity having said that roger i must admit i just you know here in my office i have a number of supplements uh for october for my october rotation and resveratrol are there right yeah so what i do like i'm like 30 or 40 percent of the supplements effect is placebo effect this is very typical. If you believe it works, then it works for your body. Mm. Okay. So your body responds to like power of your thoughts and your belief. So that's why like every six months, I, yeah, I'm still taking resveratrol and, uh, and I'm, but I'm typical placebo man. No. Yeah, I, like, like you, if I believe in something, it actually happened. That's why my motto, like every morning when I wake up, I'm telling myself, Sergey, you're going to live 200 years in the body of 25 years old man. And imagine it's, it's produced a lot of uh, interesting results. First of all, you just becoming younger in terms of the energy, the way you look, the way you dream, the way you work. And um, it's kind of cool. Like every morning, like three fourths of my life is ahead of me. I know it's completely irresponsible promise, and there's no technology today to help you live outside 120 years. But it's okay. I can believe in my own stuff, right? It's not harmful for anyone. Um, so I do believe that, well, it's, it's just a lot of mixed views on supplements. What I know is uh, part of the critiques on, on supplements are derived from the fact that many of them are uh, from Mother Nature. And no one can really patent that. Right. So. No one will benefit from testing like milk thistle in, in effect of it on your liver or like lowering cholesterol level, right? Be, and that's why just a lot of critique of supplements, like no one is really interested to um, do like a lot of scientific research on that. Uh, I know that. So that's one. Uh, second thing, I do believe that number of substances are uh, and supplements are working like vitamin D supplementation. Omega-3, um, you can find a lot of studies um, for that. And again, the number three, as I uh, told you, like uh, if you are a placebo man or woman, welcome to my world. Just believe it works and it will work. You know, I, that's how I started off with the whole um, weight training. Because when you're young and then you, it was before internet was here, looking at magazines of these bodybuilders, they say, use this protein and you'll look like me. And I was like, wow, 
that's all I need. Why isn't other people having this? Yeah. Oh, I found the secret. So I'd be, you know, I'd, I'd save up my pocket money and buy it and be training and looking in the mirror like, I don't seem to be changing. What's, I must be doing it wrong. Yeah, I'm not training right. That's what it is. But I'm going to get there. You know, that's strong belief. Working, yeah. working, working, working. Uh, until it just got to the point where I'd invested so much time that I, you know, I just, I just continued with my fitness journey, which was kind of cool. Um, and some people say that that is an issue and, you know, this, 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 you know, giving people the, 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 the false idea that it's going to work is, is not good, but actually as long as you believe it, you know, you're still getting the result anyway, you know? So I, I think can, yeah, looking at you, I mean, I can, it works. Roger, <laughs> yeah. so look, I, this is one of the myths as well. Like people always ask me like, Sergey, what, what is like one thing that I need to do? And my answer is always like, there's no such a thing like one thing. So if one solution to like aging or to beauty or health would exist and mother nature would have been found this in the process of evolution, or our brilliant scientific minds would find the like fountain of youth, right? Or one single solution. So it's always combination of things, always. And whatever horizon that we discuss today and I discuss in the book, you look at like today, 10 years from now, like 50 years from now, it's not gonna be one thing. And that's the beauty, but that's the downside of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, talking of that, certain things which you speak of is just wild. Like, I mean, there, I think there's a section where you talk about the the possibilities of like yeah. nanobots in your bloodstream, yeah. um, identifying injuries um, and and making repairs, yeah. um, and, and that would like deliver nutrients to certain parts yeah. of your body and vitamins yeah. and medicine via microchip <laughs> embedded yeah. into your body yeah. yeah it's that's wild uh, like is, but this is happening today so well yeah. this is very interesting what i call in the book is far horizon of longevity innovation so this will be available to us in the next 25 50 years and before we'll discuss technologies i just want to say that mm -hmm. the ethics of that is really important that's why the last chapter of the book called morality of immortality like there's so many ethical things that we need to change in this world to embrace the idea of like man and machine integrating, to embrace the idea of longer living. Okay. So that's ethics are important. We'll, we'll discuss that, or you can download this chapter uh, from my website. So um, technologists, like how the world will look like in 50 years from now, it's, I'm pretty sure uh, we will redefine humans. Okay. We are like, just you and I are here today and we, we tend to overestimate our importance and our excellence in evolutionary terms in the process of evolution. But like in 25, 50 years from now, humans will be different. That's for sure. I mean, it's kind of bad news. It's, it, it, it hasn't started with our generation, but that's okay. You know, people were living, uh, here for so many you know centuries you know thousands of years like millions of years right human mm -hmm. race so um um 
what's going to happen is gene editing, gene modification of humans. We can influence our longevity genes. We can influence a lot of other genes to protect ourselves from these killer monsters, right? So like number of your age will not really define your state of health in the future, right? It's going to be, it's going to derive from a lot of different things, your own decision, like your target age, how many decades you want to live. Are you enjoying your life on earth, right? Do you have a purpose in life, etc. cetera? Uh, so that's one thing. Second thing, we obviously gonna be integrated with computer. Like we already integrated with computer, oh, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah? yeah, so but like our smartphone, and this is what I'm holding in my hand, but I'm just using very inefficient interface for this integration. So I'm using my eyes, my ears, I'm using my uh, fingers to type something there. Well, like it's going to be much more seamless, right? And this is what is done by Elon Musk today in Neuralink, human brain computer integration. And again, if you're fearful of technology, think about people on earth today, which would benefit from it. So when, when I have my fears about brain computer interface, I'm always thinking about people who are suffering from dementia. Yeah. We can help them with that. It's beautiful. So then what else? Um, Internet of bodies, right? Like you've heard the concept Internet of things where just a lot of things inside around us are interconnected, right? Through like Internet, they have sensors, they can exchange the information. The same thing will happen with human bodies. We all going to be full of sensors. And, you know, these sensors will, you know, exchange the information uh, between themselves or with with centralized AI run system, which will help us to monitor and, and uh, manage our health. And it's coming, like I'm full of sensors today, right? You can see, you know, I'm wearing the O-ring, Whoop, uh, Apple Watch, uh, continuous glucose monitor. <laughs> this is just the beginning, right? This is beautiful. Like every day I can have a feedback on like what is the level of my health or what are the risks like what is what can be done by variables today is like a miracle think about this mm-hmm. like you can use your watch i don't want to mention the uh, uh <laughs> name of the producer right but to do electrocardiogram and i like a good friend of mine he's a doctor like whenever in in a plane he's called to help the other passenger during the flight he said like i'm taking out my watch right and I'm doing electrocardiogram to eliminate, you know, any uh, like problems uh, uh, in terms of the heart, uh, heart disease, like or strokes. Imagine though, this is like a miracle, like, yeah. like 20 years ago, you wouldn't like, you need like the, the plane will land, like the emergency will take you to the hospital, right? And the emergency room and they will do electrocardiogram. And it's like two years, sorry, two hours at least. Like two hours for someone who has experienced a health problem is like really detrimental. If this is something related to like, you know, stroke or like in the heart disease area, like your like probability for you to survive is just below 50%. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Okay, so I'm going ahead of myself. Like, so Internet of Bodies is the way forward. Like, and we had it already, like Internet of Things with our cars. Like our cars will tell you like, well, you have a problem here. Here's a problem here, problem with the tar. If we can do it for our cars, we can do it for ourselves. This is very simple mental model. Like 
feels like definition of the drug will change and it's changing already. We invested in a company and what they produce like a special cellular capsule, like it's, it's still the size of drug, right? And it looks like a pill, but what it can do through the special membrane, it can release certain substance, whatever substance you need on regular basis, if you're on regular medi uh, medication uh, through the uh, walls of this membrane. So this capsule uh, usually replace three to six months supplementation, right? So people have like boxes, literally like higher than they themselves for like one month. And mm -hmm. all of them can be replaced by this small capsule. So we redefine, or, you know, I've seen the pill, which has a, a small sensor and, and a information exchange mechanism. So it's actually... Um, um, uh, you can scan it similar to what you do with continuous glucose monitor. And it says like, when you need to replace, we need to swallow the next pill, right? And it's released the substance, right? Wow. This is, there's so many things happen. I've seen like a um, small capsule, which replacing gastroscopy and colonoscopy, you just swallow it. And it's this wonderful thing that just goes through your tract here, right? Making photos, videos, and analysis of... Uh, your uh, cancer risk, but like, what is more important? This small thing have like four engines there. Four engines. It's like a, you know, like a spaceship. How? Okay, so yeah. How <laughs> are you saying that this is currently? Yeah. In in practice or something yeah, which this you is currently, currently in development? With? Yeah, this is currently in development, and it's going to hit the market in the next five, 10, 15 years. So this, this is oh, right. How is that even okay? I mean, that I mean, I understand about even maybe liposomal delivery, that's quite interesting, but this sounds completely different. It's like next level. How is that even possible? Yeah, like, it's possible. Like, like, well, think about this. So, you and I can talk today, right? Mm. I'm in Moscow for two days before I'm flying to Boston, right? You are in UK, we see each other we talk to each other like 30 years ago it was just not possible mm -hmm. you can read in the book and like people will say well this is sci-fi right <laughs> it's never <laughs> going to happen no it happened right so and again it's 30 years 30 years ago it took united states 13 years and three billion dollars you know dollars you know of the value of 30 years ago. yeah to sequence human genome, once human genome, 13 years. Right now, it's just a few hundred dollars and few hours to sequence human genome. Imagine that. Yeah, just exponential uh, growth of computing power and technological power for all humanity. So like, why people think this is crazy? Because they, they're looking at the current version of healthcare and they're just trying to think like, like in the current version of healthcare, this is all impossible. Of course, it's impossible. It's going to be different. Yeah, it's going to be, again, data-driven, technology-based version of healthcare. And this is why the largest healthcare companies of the future might not be the companies that we know today, like hospital chains or insurance companies or big pharma. It might be big tech like Apple, Amazon, Microsoft. I'm not so saying this is good or bad, okay? There's, there's a lot of regulatory and ethical questions. But the change in healthcare will come not from the direction that you know today. It's going to be new players doing completely new things. Mm, yeah.
definitely something which needs to be innovative. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's wow, it's wild, but it it sounds exciting as well. There may be a few skeptics, even when we look at something as simple as a, a vaccination. You have many that are. I don't know if they are. It's a, a bit of a dogmatic approach to say that if you don't want to have the vaccination, then you are anti-vax. Whereas there's people who are just like, generally, I don't like vaccinations. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Human biology is so complex. Like, we don't actually know, like, how this whole thing works. What is the potential side effect? What is potential side effect? So I'm really sympathetic about people who, like, who are who don't want to make this choice today. Let me put it this way. But like my personal story, I was against that as well until I spent 20 days uh, in last December, December, 2022 with the fever uh, suffering from COVID 20 days in a row. So like, and you know what, in the course of these 20 days, I became the biggest supporter of uh, vaccination. Again, it was not the case for me before that, yeah, but my, my personal experience, and I was like, I was just, all you do is like waiting, uh, trying to balance the uh, risk and reward, right? And I've seen what risk means in my case. So it was like 49 years, I just, uh, and I really suffered a lot from COVID. So that actually like pushed me into the vaccination territory. What's your thoughts on natural immunity? Did you, did you, do, do you think that, you know, having COVID is enough? Like, okay, now I'm. Yeah, so uh, a number of things. And I'm, again, I'm going in the territory, which is not mine, right? So I'm not you know, the uh, uh, kind of uh, academic uh, or uh, medical doctor. Um, well, first of all, let's talk about natural immunity. So the organ uh, called thymus, which is right here, okay, uh, inside our body, uh, which is responsible for our immunity. What is happening? By the age of 18 or 20, it starts to shrink. Your level, well, let's actually explain, like, and, 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 and this is where your level of immunity starts to decline. So like, you know, every month and year, right? Thymus is shrinking and you're, you have less gonna immune cells inside your body. That's why you becoming, it's just more risky for you. Like with every year, especially when aging starts inside your body, um, you're running the higher risk of dying from this killer monster disease, from this age-related disease. So, like, in, in, do we have certain level of um, uh, immunity inside our body? Yes. Um, is it really progressing? Uh, well, it's 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 decreasing with every year after you turn 18 uh, or 20. Okay. So that's, that's the case. And by the way, this company called like Genesis, remember I told you the story that regenerating liver, their next program is with thymus because if we will be able to regenerate thymus, right? Uh, then our level of immunity gonna be in you know, a completely different level, right? We're gonna increase that. So that's kind of one thing. So um, second thing, in some of the cases, natural immunity works. In some of the pace, uh, cases, in the history of humanity, we paid a kind of huge price for that. Like for the herd immunity to develop itself, like in, in some of the moments in the history, 
like 20 to 30% of population has died. Okay. So like for some of the diseases, uh, it's kind of easier for some of the diseases or viruses, it's very difficult. And my final thought, like everything which is happening with COVID is really unusual. So I'm, I'm still undecided whether this virus has like a, um, human influence or it's been like developed by mother nature. So therefore, like we're just trying to, to respond with our usual mental model or, or I know what virus is, it's like a, a flu, right? Or something. Uh, and uh, it's okay, you know, I can survive without vaccine. Sometimes, yeah, mother nature is more complex and, and unusual than our uh, kind of stereotype and our kind of mental program that we have ready for that. Mm. Have you had a a like a a biological age test? Like mm. uh, was it Steve yeah. Horvath? Is that yeah, yeah. So it's epi, it's called epigenetic um, yeah. uh, clocks, uh, biological clocks. Yeah, there are a number of biological clocks that we have today, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so like biologically, I'm forty three. So I'm 49 chronologically, I'm 43 biologically. And, uh, like, and there's, not, there's another age that we all need to define called our psychological age. So my, my psychological age of uh, like 35 years. If you feel like you're 35, you never, you're never going to be looking like you are 49, okay? Right, right, okay. Yeah. And like, remember that I, I shared with all of you guys my like a fourth age, which is my target age like my target age is like 25 and i know it's crazy like for 49 years old but like every time you think about this even if i will not reach my kind of 25 i'm becoming younger anyway right my body thinks i'm 25 so i can do a lot of different things um i'm full of energy and and plants well, yeah are there tests for psychological age no, it's, it's, it's a simple questionnaire. You can Google that. But like, in the end of the day, it's in the end of the day, like the main question is like, you know, when you think about your age, what kind of, you know, figure comes to your mind? Mm, mm. And, but there's, there's a strong correlation if people, like for some of the people, they think they are older than they are. And it's usually, um, statistically, it's, it's against your longevity and, uh, and it shortens your lifespan. It's a tough one sometimes because we, we as humans, we kind of respond to how our body is responding. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we kind of, um, I don't know, we, we capture that and log it away as this yeah. is the future kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. So, uh, so there's like one school of thought says, well, Sergey, this is all great, but it's relationship between is uh, the opposite. It's because you're so old on a biological level, your body uh, push you to think that you're older than you are. That's that's fair assumption. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true. And like, look, we've been genetically lucky because like 50% of your level of optimism and your level of happiness uh, is genetically predisposed. So I'm like lucky one, right? I'm I'm always been like the most positive guy in the room. Okay. And with some of the people, it's not that easy, like for me. So I, I totally respect that. Sorry, you said you can have a genetic predisposition of positive thinking. <laughs> of course. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, I have this book here. I think. Yeah. It's called uh, The Happiness Hypothesis uh, from Jonathan Hyde. Yeah. It's kind of a cool book. It's a review of all theories of happiness. And, uh, and uh, one of the theory, like, like 50% of your level of happiness is like just genetically predisposed. It's really interesting. It is. I got a book called The Happiness Advantage, which is by a guy called uh, Sean Acor. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't talk about genetic uh, predisposition, but he does just talk about how to uh, create a happy environment. It's it's a really cool book. Really cool book. Yeah, it's a great it. idea. Yeah. Um, Rapamycin, what could you tell me about that? So rapamycin is immunosuppressant drug. So what is happening is like when someone had a transplant. So transplant is always, it's like foreign organ inside your body. And your body thinks, because it's foreign organ, your body needs to reject that. Okay. Hmm. So, well, that's your immune system is just trying to kill this foreign organ inside your body. So... Uh, it's, it's usually the part of any transplantation, uh, kind of surgery is to treat people with, um, immune, immune suppressant, uh, drugs to fight your immune system for your immune system, not to kill this foreign body. So therefore rapamycin is just this kind of the drugs that's, that's used for organ transplantation. Uh, so, um, that's why it can not only be like, you know, positive, it can be dangerous. And like, I was just like, you sent me this question uh, yesterday and I was just looking at the side effects of rapamycin on humans, side effects. And this is, I, I, I don't want to read the whole list, but like, this is just a short, like uh, my uh, hit list on that. Like <laughs> diarrhea, uh, 35% chances, vomiting, uh, up to 25% chances. Anemia, up to 33% chances. Uh, respiratory in- infection, up to 26% chances. So like, mm. would you want to take this risk today? I don't know. It might easily be the case that metformin, this generic uh, diabetes drug, or rapamycin, our longevity drug, easily. I totally accept that. But like, we need to test them as longevity drug that usually means you have like hundreds or thousands of people on the trial and and you do the comprehensive assessment of the positive like and the negative effects like side effects of this drug on your longevity and and all other health aspects so that's like responsible way to build a view whether it's it's going to be one of the uh, longevity drugs for the future yeah yeah yeah. So you mentioned a uh, respiratory tract issue or infection. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, yeah, um, my English is not my first <laughs> language. So I apologize. It's respiratory tract infection. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, because what is happening, your like the level of your uh, immune system is just going down. Yeah. 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 To, to rapamycin. Right. Right. That's. Um... Yeah. 
I don't. I, how does it even fall into a category of longevity? It's. I don't know. Like, like I can understand why metformin can fall in a category of uh, longevity drugs. And again, I'm not prescribing metformin. I'm not taking metformin at my yeah. 49. So because it's 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 obviously regulate the level of glucose in your blood, and it's like. I'm almost like 100% sure it does have like effect on your longevity, okay, and your healthy living. Uh, it's a very old drug. I think it's 50 or 60 years old. And uh, it has certain side effects, but they are not that massive in comparison to rapamycin. It's very easy to administer. I, a very good friend of mine near Barzillai, who actually done a study on centenarians, and I mentioned him in the beginning of our conversation. Amazing guy. Um, like, so he's, he's planning the metformin uh, trial in the US to test metformin as longevity drug. Uh, funny enough, uh, metformin for this study is cheaper than placebo pills. Oh, wow. Can you imagine that? This That's is how cool. cheap. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Look, there's so many things on the horizon, guys. That's that's my my message. My other message, like, but it, like you would need to stay on longevity bridge for the next five, 10, 20 years and and enjoy it this time. Take care of your health, take responsibility for that, for so many decisions that you do. Like use the best of the healthcare, what healthcare system can offer to you. Use the best what technology can offer to you in form of wearables or early diagnostic tools, right? Whether it's cancer or heart disease, et cetera. Uh, change your diet, physical exercise, be a happier version, like sleep well, meditate, uh, share more with the world than you, than you give more to this world than, than you take back. Yeah. And yeah. Like in, in 10, 20 years time, uh, world going to be completely different. Think about the world 20 years ago, like year 2000. It's just completely different, and yeah. the same going to happen in the next twenty years. So that's, that's it's a little bit like with HIV, right? Uh, one of the first strategies for people who suffer from HIV was just to really like just to slow down the disease and buy some time until the science, like and technology, will develop something against this disease. Mm. Well, it's the same with aging. Yeah, you mentioned the agents. Um... Oh, I can't remember what was the term you used. Something like um, um, it, it maybe at some point it might be classified as disease as, yeah. as a disease. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. But like regulators all around the world are not necessarily supporting that. Again, just looking at statistics, like every year or so on uh, your life after probably age of forty five or fifty would add. Uh, increasing risk of you uh, dying from uh, age-related diseases. So we need to fight not only uh, certain diseases on symptomatic level, but we need to look at aging and its core and focus on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Sergey, it's been absolutely amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. I still need to go through your book. It's what I've been through so far. I'm like, this is, this sounds like, um, I don't know, sci-fi, <laughs> you know, but it's, you know, we, we, we're getting some, we're getting there already. So um, thank you for your time and sharing your knowledge. 
um, your book, uh, Growing Young. What's, what's the full it's title? It's called uh, The Science and Technology of Growing Young. That's it. It's available everywhere and uh, book done pretty well. It's, it's already Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA National, uh, USA Today, uh, which is USA uh, bestseller, national bestseller. And um, uh, what is more important, like if you order the book, you can claim an offer from sergeyyoung.com. We have a lot of free stuff there uh, for someone who ordered the book, like access to Longevity Video Academy, which is 12 videos, 10 minutes each, when I talk about different technologies and, and or different routines that you can use today. And two other books for free as well. One on kids health. I have four kids. And uh, yeah, I do. Uh, and, uh, and one about diet uh, called 10 Simple Principles of a Healthy Diet. They're not, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, those freebies, are they available for people who get the audio version yeah, as well? Yeah. Uh, sure. I mean, you could just, I mean, you claim it there and that's it. Yeah. So would, in order to claim it, what, what do you need to give? Is like, there? Uh, look, it's all based on trust. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah just like, I mean, if, if you feel, you know, it's okay and you don't want to buy the book, you just kind of go there and, you know, put some random numbers and you get this uh, for free. Oh, that's so kind of you. Yeah, like, but I, look, I'm not here to sell the books, right, in this world. You know, I'm, I want to change the world. But I do know that you know, if, if someone wants to abuse the system, that's okay. Like, if someone will, like, really download this free content and change his or her life based on the free content, I'm, like, the happiest man on earth, okay? And he or she doesn't need to buy the book. But like, obviously, guys, you take a look at the book. It's just a lot of fun. And it's, uh, I received overwhelmingly positive feedback on that. And it's 200 pages story about the, what we should expect in, 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 in terms of longevity technology and longevity science in the next few years and what you can do today. It's fantastic. Guys, definitely get that book. It is, uh, it's life-changing. Absolutely. Sergey, quickly, one more thing. People can find you on Instagram? Yes, Instagram with Sergey Young 200. Yes, why 200 is there. Ah, uh, <laughs> 200. So that's, that's one. Uh, second is uh, sergeyyoung.com. You can sign up for newsletters. Like every month, we send out um, uh, some of the very simple explanation of what is happening in science, on scientific front, just review of some of the research for uh, ordinary people. And I consider myself like an ordinary person. I'm not a scientist. So I'm just trying to translate it in simple words. And uh, we, uh, we have amazing success with our newsletters. Like in, just in the course of a few months, we had already like 40,000 people sign up for newsletters and enjoy uh, science translated in uh, simple words. That's awesome. I definitely need to sign up to that. I love your stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much, Thank Sergey. You, Roger. Everything you do. I mean, it's. I think it's just amazing. What you guys are doing, right, and the social media front, and you personally, is showing the inspiration, giving people the facts and information, and, and for people to be you know, more informed about their own choices and be more responsible. This is, this is great. Please continue to do so. And for everyone, stay healthy and happy. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you so much. Um, we will speak soon. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips 
So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome, but some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.